0: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
1: 1 Corinthians 12 26, one team, one family. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That's a snapshot of the church. That's the picture of a team. You have trainers, you have coaches, you have somebody who takes the snap, somebody who blocks
0: Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so grateful that you've joined us today for the broadcast. And as we always do, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith continues with his study through the Book of Romans with a series of messages he's entitled, Changed Relationships with God. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the Book of Romans, chapter 16. Now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
1: When I look on my calendar, I see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I never see someday. You know, it's like somewhere. So think about it, pray about it, and answer the call. Aspect number two, I want you to notice the diversity. God is no respecter of persons. It's fashionable today to talk about diversity and advocate for diversity. But people rarely give it much thought other than a little bit of useless virtue signaling in our culture. You know, don't do your righteous before men to be seen by them. But you see it here in this passage. There are 29 people mentioned in this passage. 29. And they come from all kind of backgrounds, all kind of places. They have all kinds of gift sets, all kinds of abilities. Let me just walk you through a few. of uh, it. Let's just start out here with that Ethnicity. There are seven people of Jewish extraction listed here. Beginning in verse uh, 3. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their necks, who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Verse 6. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Verse 7. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They were known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Verse 11 greet my kinsman Herodian. 13 greet Rufus, chosen the Lord. You're saying, well, how do you know they're Jewish? Well, I mean, this is where the languages come in. This is, these people are of Jewish extraction. It takes all kinds of people in the kingdom of God. Speaking of ethnicity, there are three there of Latin or Roman extraction Ampliatus. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Urbanus, greet Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ. There's Aristobulus. These are all Romans. So you have Jews and Gentiles here. Now, I'm not going to go through all the Greek names, but there are 19 people of Greek extraction here. What do we see here? The kingdom of God is all kinds of people from all kinds of places. Then there's the matter of gender. Gender. In terms of diversity of the 29 names listed here nine are women nine are women now it's popular today for the culture to say that Christianity means women it doesn't but in the Greco-Roman culture that wasn't exactly a very liberal liberated liberal-minded culture there women were often treated like property but yet here are nine women 20 are men The other thing that you begin to pick up on, if you take time to notice the greetings and the welcomes, no one seems to be elevated based upon their nationality or gender. The modifiers are all warm and equally so, they are all equally affirming. And what lesson do we learn? We see that God does not play favorites in his church, that everyone has a role to play. They may have different goals, different roles and different goals, but we see true diversity here. It sort of plays to what we read in Galatians three twenty seven to 29. A passage often misappropriated for other agendas we won't go into today. But Galatians three twenty seven to 29 talks about how everybody is precious in the sight of God for salvation, that we are all one in Christ no matter who we are or where we come from. Verse 27, for as many of you were baptized into Christ to put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male, there is no male or and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. God uses all kinds of people; He makes no distinctions. Doesn't matter what color you are, how tall you are, how wide you are, who your mama was, where you're from. We read this in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, through 13, and 24 to 26. For just as the, one, the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For, because in one spirit we were all baptized into one body Jews are Greeks, slaves are free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that they may have no divisions in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That's the essence of a team, right? Everybody has a different role to play. We are all part of the body of Christ. We are all members of this church family. You are the church. This is a a building, a meeting house, but the people are the church and they are all related no matter where they're from by blood and that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Each has an impact to make, a contribution to offer, a role to play. Each of you, each of you, every single living one of you will make a material difference In the kingdom of God, if you will make yourself available. No matter how well known, no matter how notorious, no matter what. That's why I keep saying, I keep harping, I keep preaching. God has raised you up for such a time as this. We are here as a church family to change this world one soul at a time with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In San Jose, Santa Clara, California, and the world. That's why God has us here. That's why he put those people there. He keeps doing the same thing, which brings us to facet number three. Well, let me give you some application for that. Number one, don't be bashful, okay? Don't wait for somebody to invite you to play. Get in the game. Find out where you are needed, where you can fit in. And go there. It's not about your wealth or your wisdom. It's about your availability. Make your presence known. Offer to serve. Number three. Facet number three. Let's number the relationships here. Let's take a look at the relationships. The connections. Who they are and how they're connected. All genders, ages, backgrounds and nationalities were involved in various roles. Going back to verses one through three. I commend to you our sister, our sister in Christ, Phoebe, role a servant of the church at Sintra, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever, think about that, in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Achilla my fellow servants in Christ Jesus. You have this person, a servant in the church. And well, we don't know what that means. But then they're also a patron. They're, she's a sister in Christ. She's, she apparently, at some level, in some way, she has given material, that is financial support, patronage to the Apostle Paul and others. But she's also served in her local church. And the indications are, willingly, humbly, and faithfully. Look at those relationships, Priscilla and Aquila, fellow workers. Paul looks at them as peers, fellow soldiers in the army of Christ. Yet they are all in the game, on the same team, engaged actively. Then there are family member relationships here, engaged together in some way in the ministry. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen. His kinsmen, they were in Christ before Paul. Now think about that. Here's Paul persecuting the church before his conversion. He's got two relatives who are Christians before he was. Maybe one planted, one watered, and God yielded the increase on the Damascus Road. You never know. Verse 10b, greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus, an entire family serving. 11, greet my kinsman, Herodian, 13. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. This older woman, I mean, Paul's probably well over 40, maybe even into his 60s by now. And this older woman has been a mother to him, kind of like, Taganaka-san last week, right? With the missionaries on the short-term trip to Japan, doing their laundry, cooking their meals. Diversity of roles, diversity of connections. Maybe Prisca and Akela held the rope the way Andrew Fuller held the rope for William Carey, so to speak, and sustained him in ministry. You just see all these relationships here. Kinsmen, parents, siblings, cousins, who knows? God knows. And God uses them all. all, This is all about our common connection through Christ, through family, physical, through family, spiritual, through different roles that we play. Having a common salvation, having a common goal in Christ, the advancement of the gospel, the service of the church, all together for the gospel. Greet Andronicus, in Junia. greet my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners Paul often wrote from prison they are well known to the apostles and they were in Christ before me these are veterans in the cause of Christ you know we talked about it's tomorrow's Veterans Day A veteran is someone who's experienced combat who has served others gone before them that's what we have here these people well known to the apostles in Christ before Paul family, kinsmen fellow prisoners, people of greater prominence than others. This is a snapshot of the church. All kinds of people from all kinds of places doing all kinds of things interconnected by blood, literally, by the blood of Christ, salvifically by a common connection to the Savior eternally. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13, for just as one body Just as the body is one and has many members, like we see here, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. Christianity is a team sport that involves and engages and encourages and challenges everyone. Everyone. You can't miss this. It's like Fall Fest. Some people set it up. Some people tore it down. Some people did trunk or treat. Some people picked up trash. Some people walked around. I saw people walking around systematically evangelizing visitors. Different ages. I talked to an an Indian couple they were in their 30s. They were Hindu. They weren't even Christians. And they were here because their next door neighbor who was in their 70s, who I happen to know, has been reaching out to them and reaching out to them though they have nothing in common with them. Different ages, different races, different callings, different relationships, all answering the command, the call of Christ. First Corinthians 12, 26, one team one family. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That's a snapshot of the church. That's the picture of a team. You have trainers. You have coaches. You have somebody who takes the snap. Somebody who blocks. Different roles, different goals. So what do you do with that? Well, actually... Aspect number four or facet number four of this beautiful jewel here is both the application and the next step, the next lesson. And that is this, number four. Play, choose and embrace. Play a position. Play a position. There are many positions on this team. Servants who carry out tasks but do not necessarily lead. Some who lead. Some who lead and follow. The essence of good leadership is followership, you know. We forget that sometimes. There are those who have special abilities and those who have very common, seemingly unimportant abilities, but they all are worthy of equal honor. They all contribute to the team. All have something to bring to the table. God has drafted, he has called, he has equipped, and he has empowered all kinds of people of different backgrounds and abilities Ethnicities, financial means, educational means, and the bottom line is they have to choose to play or worship something else. So you read this in verses one through three. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centrae, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints. And help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Priscilla, uh, and Aquila, my fellow workers. Workers, patrons, servants, team members. You know, I remember I had a friend on the mission field in Haiti. And sometimes things don't go well. And in his case, and in his case, his wife committed adultery with two or three men in the village during the five years he was there outside of Port-au-Prince. And he was disqualified from ministry. He was done. It's over. You know, she divorced him, went back, married somebody else. He went on with his life. But as he was packing up his stuff and he was crushed, he gets in the car and the janitor comes up and goes, I've been asked to drive you to the airport. In fact, I volunteered to drive to the airport. He goes, okay. So they're driving to the airport, and the guy takes a detour. He pulls up in front of a five-star hotel in Port-au-Prince. I don't know know the geography exactly, how it played out. And he goes, I'd like to buy you lunch before you go. And he goes, look, man, you're just the janitor. I mean, no offense, but you can't afford this. This is a five-star hotel. This is expensive. He goes, it would be my way of serving you and uh, <clears throat> so they took him in and they ate this meal and it was muy expensivo alright and he's like look I, got, I, I, I can't let you he goes look it's just the role I play I pick up trash I clean I fix the latrine I serve the missionaries and he goes I understand but you can't afford this and he goes to be honest with you I don't know how to tell you this <clears throat> but I'm a multimillionaire." He goes, the problem is I want to serve in a low-key way. And if people find out, they'll try to elevate me to above a position that I'm really ready to accept so I can afford this. So just keep it to yourself, go home, heal up, and get back in the game. And so you need to embrace your role. You need to figure out where you fit in and fit in where you are needed. We may think we want you over here and you should follow leadership. Or you may want to be, like I said, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And I'm not saying, you you may not be called to ministry. It may be that nobody's called to listen to that kind of teaching. No, I don't know. But the bottom line is, get in the game. Play. You may be a risk taker. You may be a fellow prisoner. You may be a patron. But get in the game. Greet Rufus, Romans uh, 16, 13. Chosen the Lord also as mother, who has been a mother to me as well. You may say, I'm too old. You just may encourage a missionary. You may invite a young single over to your house for for lunch. You may be a grandmother or a grandfather to somebody. Just get in the game. So to review commands, diversity, relationships, roles, so what does all this mean for you? It means this. It means you can make a difference. You have a role to play. Let me say that again. All of us who have embraced Christ have been drafted. You are in the game. You can hold the rope. You can be somebody's grandmother. You can be somebody's patron. But you are in the game. Play. Two, Christianity is a team sport. Everyone is needed and necessary and must not spectate, but must get involved, no matter your background or your gifting. No one is too important too unimportant. Do not miss your calling. Get on the field. Do your part. Let God do amazing things with you and through you. We serve an uncommon God who can do incredible things through common everyday people like us, through cracked vessels like us. Let him serve him application let me give you some quick questions questions for your heart for your mind questions that make you feel guilty maybe question number one are you engaged or are you just sitting on the bench what are you waiting for you know we're looking at another site we're going to need people to help us with that we don't know where it's going to go we're still in conversation we want to revitalize churches in the area maybe Are you engaged? Two, are you all in, half in, or just what? And if so, why? Because you need to be all in. Christ went all in for you. Can we do any less for him? Do you feel unimportant, too important? Based on what? No one's too important and no one's unimportant. Four, do you feel unneeded, unwanted? Don't. If God has saved you, God will use you. And we live in a world that is in a world of hurt and we have the word of life. God will empower and enable you to do great things if you will let him. The fields are white with the harvest. And Christian, the workers are few and you need to be in the game because Christianity is not A spectator sport. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for these 16 verses and what they can tell us about ourselves and our calling and our fit and our gifting and our God. Lord, we are your church. We are your people. We are your sheep. It is you who have made us and not we ourselves. And Lord, uh, apart from you, we can do nothing but you have wanted us, you have raised us up to bear fruit and fruit that will remain eternally. And Lord, I just pray for each and every person here, for myself, that by your spirit and through your word that you would move us to excel still more, to be part of the team, to be on the field, to be engaged in the redemption of souls. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.